What is the difference between truth and fact? Are they perfect synonyms? How are they related and how are they different? My simple answer to that is that they are different. A fact has to be objective. A truth doesn't. Welcome back to The Language Game, the place where we ask what words mean. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott Brady. We hope you enjoy the show. I think most the way that most people use these terms is more or less interchangeable. But if they say that something is the truth, they're basically saying that it's 100% true. In other words, it is known or proven to be true. And by definition, I guess that makes it a fact according to the dictionary. I'm going to do something different, though. I'm going to make a claim that truth and fact are related, but still fundamentally different. I think the primary difference between truth and fact is that truth is an issue of language, where fact is an issue of reality. In reality, a thing either is or it isn't. And then when we talk about that reality, you can make a statement about what is or isn't, and your statement can be valued as either being true or false. But there's nothing factual necessarily about your language unless you're speaking in a tautology. It's just true or false, or, or somewhere in between even. I mean, something could be more true or less true. I think any statement could be more or less true depending on how closely you approach the fact of the matter. A fact is simple and precise, whereas truth can be complex and woven together with many facts. A single fact rarely makes a truth. Facts are like Lego blocks or pixels that build a broader construction or image of the truth. Truths are specific to context, situational, and or temporal. With Legos or pixels, there's almost an infinite number of truths they can produce. A single Lego block, let's say you have a yellow Lego block. It's just a fact. Like, it's yellow, it's a Lego block. If you mix that with a bunch of other different colors, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So in other words, a fact is a binary thing, whereas truth is a spectrum. Right. And, and most importantly, that the matter of truth is a matter of language. There's a cup in front of me that is holding coffee, and I can make lots of statements about this cup. I could tell you that it's actually a thermos of sorts. It's thermally insulated. It's made out of... Um, steel, I guess, maybe aluminum. I could tell you about the measurements of this cup. I could tell you about the temperature of the coffee. I could give you lots of information about this cup. And those, all of those statements could be valued as either true or false or somewhere in between. But in reality, I can't actually speak this cup. I could, there's no way that I could speak this cup into existence. It just simply is. It already is here, and I, I can use language to convey information about this cup, but I cannot speak this cup into existence. That's where I think a primary difference is. Or rather, you can't speak the cup out of existence, just like how you can't speak the second cup sitting next to it into existence, which there is no second cup. Right. There you go. Exactly. Just to get a little baseline of how are these defined, 
Truth's definition is the quality or state of being true, while a fact's definition is a thing that is known or proved to be true. The words quality and state were the ones that kind of rang out to me. And I mean, there's not a lot of words in that definition, so each word is pretty important, but quality is being an attribute of a thing or concept. The quality itself is something that is usually understood as not being constant. Like the temperature of your coffee, for example, if you say it's 150 degrees right now, that's true in the moment, but that quality can change and it won't be true maybe in five minutes from now, depending on how good your thermos is, of course. And quality is also interesting. Quality of objects are usually subject to like entropy and time where any moment of quality is better than the one following it thing. We always think of things getting older or they get less quality as time goes on, unless you're talking about restoring something. You're going to restore it to its original quality, your coffee. You can heat it up, get it back to the 150 degrees, make that statement true again. But can this work the same with all truth? Like, can truth fade with time as well as a concept? And can truth be restored? I think I answered my own question before I asked it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, just going back to my initial claim that truth and falsity have to do with language. They have to do with transmitting information about a thing. Uh, Yes, I I think you could say a thing that is true in the moment and then subsequent moment that statement could be valued as false depending on the reality because as you said, you know, the reality of the thing can change. The fact of the matter can change. Your statement about the thing can only be valued as true or false depending on how it aligns with the reality. If If you wanted to get as close as you possibly can to always speaking the truth. I guess you would have to try really hard to speak in a timeless sort of way, like maybe like a Buddha guru or something like somebody who only speaks in tautologies or in these sort of proverbial statements, uh, things that they, they are, they're profound or they sound enlightening because when you hear those statements, you think, oh, wow, that's like, that's true. And it's always been true. And it always will be true. You know, for example, you, you could say there's the the one you always learn in uh, philosophy 101 is something like all men are mortal. Socrates is a man. Therefore, Socrates is mortal. That's a modus ponens. A form of deductive reasoning. It's a form of deductive reasoning. Um, and and it's just a, uh, an example of how you can derive truthful or in fact, more than truthful, I think it's the closest thing that you could possibly say with language. When you're using language, if you are attempting to speak a fact, the nearest you can get to doing that is speaking a tautology. Because what you're doing is you're saying a thing that is true by its own definition. So another example is all bachelors are unmarried men. Or all triangles have three sides. All triangles are shapes that have three angles. The very definition of a triangle is a shape that has three angles. So there's no possible way that that could be false. I think the reason that it works that way is because we're speaking in terms of the abstract. We're speaking in terms of language. So when you say uh, a bachelor is an unmarried man, what we're really saying is the meaning of the word bachelor is blank. And again, you're sort of, you're cutting out the reality of the situation, because all we're doing is talking about the definition. The same is true with the definition of a triangle. Like a triangle 
isn't a thing that is existing in reality. It's, it's really only an abstract concept. The, the sign, the word that we use for the shape itself is, deter- is a, 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 an issue of language. And also the definition of that sign is wrapped up in language also. So either way, the, the statement that you're making about a triangle having three sides is cemented in the world of language. So you're saying a tautology where you're saying something that is its own definition is the closest you can get to 100% truth? Even the thing about Socrates being mortal, let's like, you know, change the game up a little bit. Let's say Socrates is a woman and all women are immortal. Therefore, Socrates is immortal. What's going on there? That's that's weird, right? Because uh, in a way, it seems true. If I say Socrates is a woman, all women are immortal. Therefore, Socrates is immortal. What's happening there? We're saying a thing that we know to be false because, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I don't, I've never met Socrates, so I don't really know. I guess maybe Socrates wasn't the, a man after all. Like, I, I don't know. But maybe, uh, maybe also Socrates was immortal and he lives on in our hearts and minds um, in the, his legacy of philosophy. I don't know. But I guess it depends how you define immortal. Yeah. So, but what's going on there is that like we, we can, you can say a thing that is obviously false, but at the same time, you're making a valid statement, but there's the difference between like truth and validity. Uh, and that's a, maybe a conversation for a whole other episode, but yeah, I guess that statement's only true within itself. Right. But that's, yeah, that's exactly the point that I was trying to get at is that you can make uh, truthful statements in the world of language, when you say, you say an if, if this is the case, we're proposing, well, if it's the case that Socrates is a woman, and if it's the case that all women are immortal, then, well, uh, under those presuppositions, Socrates must be immortal. But that doesn't necessitate, it doesn't necessitate that our if conditions are factual. It's just, uh, we're, we're doing that in the world of language. I like that point. It's the world of language. Uh, but I was going to um, put my finger on the definition you read for fact. Um, and you said that uh, a fact is a thing that is known or proved to be true. A thing that is known or proved to be true. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say. This is the, the qualm that I have with it. Does it have to be known? Does a fact have to be known or proven? Couldn't a thing be a fact whether or not you know about it? I guess you're asking a question that's along the lines of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of what I'm getting at, I guess. Or so if a fact exists in the universe and no one's around to to discover it, is it a fact? Okay. Yeah, here's my strong example for that argument. It's daytime right now where I am, and so the sun is up, and when I look at the sky, it's just blue. Even if it's a clear sky, there are no clouds. It's just blue, right? And and if I point up directly above my head and ask, are there stars above me? You know, I'm not pointing directly at the sun, the sun, but I'm just pointing out into space and I'd say, are there stars in the direction that I'm pointing? Inductive reasoning or, you know, our ability to derive knowledge from experience. If you relied solely upon that, you would have to say, no, I don't think that there are any stars out there because I can't see them. But whether or not you know there are stars doesn't necessitate whether or not they exist. So I think a fact is not contingent upon our knowledge of it. However, a fact is a word and it's wrapped up in language. So I guess it doesn't exist as a fact. It exists as the concept of a fact. 
until we know it's a fact. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you might be right. And maybe what I'm trying to do is change the definition of fact. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Uh, That's what makes facts hard. But I mean, this is happening all the time in science. We obviously don't know everything in the about the universe. I feel like at any point in time in discovery, people feel like we know everything and what else is there to know? There's always an incredible wealth of stuff, facts, I guess you could say, that are still unknown. And we don't even know what we don't know. We know like some stuff we don't know. We have some questions for things on our like peripheries of knowledge that we don't know. And we're like, these are the questions we have right now because this is what we know. But as we go, as it gets bigger and bigger, we discover more and more stuff we don't know. If anything, as time goes on, we, we constantly get more information. And at the same time, we're constantly realizing how little we know. It's like our knowledge is growing and shrinking at the same time depending on the relative view you're taking on that knowledge. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to say yes. That's just my own personal argument, and it it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just that, well, what else would you call it? You know, if, uh, if if there's a real thing that is existing or happening or a real relationship between things that is currently unknown or unproven what difference does it make whether or not we know about it i mean the thing just the thing is already and what do you call that what do you what do you call a thing that is without calling it a fact like it's a fact that stars exist in the sky whether or not we can see them even if that thing is a fact but you don't know it's a fact you have to prove it to be a fact first you know what i mean a fact is from our perspective. I don't think that it's possible for anything in the world to be both true and false, except in a subjective sense. Like, I could say vanilla ice cream is the best, and you could say chocolate ice cream is the best. Maybe both of us are making statements that are true and also false at the same time, depending on our own contextual relationship with those statements. Perspective. Perspective, right. This is how I make sense of the of the word true. If you're going to say something is true, I think it's true for any person to say my favorite ice cream is this or like they can any person can say the best thing is this. But when you're trying to align truth with a fact, the fact part in my opinion has to be objective. If I'm doing science for example and I conduct an experiment, I should be very careful to document all of my um, environmental conditions and all of my variables and things that could possibly mess up the experiment, right? So that later on, if you come along and try to do the exact same experiment, you should be able to recreate the same environment and you should be able to, to get the same results as I got. And the whole point of that is objective factuality, like basically trying to, to pinpoint the reality of the situation uh, outside of my own perception. Like science should not be dictated by my own personal observation. That's a part of it in the experiment is obviously observing, but the whole point of science is uh, experiments that can be recreated because I want to find a word for a thing that is objectively true. I want to find a thing. What is the word? What do you call a thing that is true or factual outside of one's perception or knowledge? Is there a word for that? Fact would be a good word for it, 
But I think the problem we're running into now is that's not how the word fact is used. The scientific method is all about trying to remove, most importantly of all variables, the human variable. Exactly like you said with the ice cream, our subjectivity can be true and false at the same time. When we're looking to find an inherent truth or something as close to like 100% true as possible, we have to remove our subjective experience from it and find out the objective fact. And something I was thinking about is, can truth and fact exist without each other? Their meaning only exists in context with each other. Can they even exist without that context? That's a good point. Uh, Good question. Maybe a fact can, but not a a fact as we know it from our perspective, because things just exist. Let's say life didn't exist at all in the universe. There was nobody to think about these things. Things would still exist. They would still be. They would work the way they do and be made with the particles they're made out of with no one to hear that tree fall. Is it a, I mean, what is a sound with no one to hear it? Right. I, I think the definition, the definition of a sound for sure, it, it involves a subjective experience of hearing, but however, comma, ellipsis, parentheses, <laughs> there's absolutely a consequence of if a tree does fall in a forest and no one's around to hear it, I still believe that sound waves, so to speak, will be produced. Yes. Saying sound involves hearing it, but the energy that's the energy waves that are going through the air, those still exist, but it's not a sound. What I'm saying is you can't call something a fact unless you know it to be proven to be true. Even if there is something that's a fact, it's true, it's just undiscovered or unknown. Even though that thing is a fact, we have to go through our process to determine it's a fact before we call it a fact. And I think that's where I was going with that. Language's use. It's because the way we're using language is in a shared environment. It's not just, it's not just the language game, at least, right, is a thing that's, that's happening intersubjectively. Yeah, it goes back to what we've just been saying all along, that we have to follow certain rules. Because we, if we all make up our own rules, then we can all just make up our own words and make up our own definitions and make up our own facts. And then we wouldn't be doing anything constructive with language. We wouldn't be building a body of shared knowledge. Boom, we solved the riddle. <laughs> a tree does not make a sound if no one's around to hear it. But also if there's no animals, the count is. They're people too. Yeah, animals are people. Uh, we don't need the dictionary to tell us that animals are people. We already know that. So fact in our context, the thing is, but it's not a fact. A fact involves us knowing about it. So we do need a word for it. In other words, Tim. Should we, well, I um, think we should just make one. What do you call a thing that is necessarily the case, objectively true, necessarily true, but unknown? Hello? Brady! Where'd you go, Brady? Hello? Reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us. We have all the links in the show notes, and we'll review if this word exists if a tim and a brady make a podcast in the forest and no one's around to hear it does it make a sound so the language game is not meant to be an academic resource it should be known that we're not experts on these subjects 
we're just a couple of guys who are talking about language, talking about philosophy, hopefully providing some thought-provoking content. In a way, we want to mess up because the only way we can correct our mistakes is to know that our mistakes are there in the first place. We encourage you to go do your own research and we'll provide some links in our description. And if you have any questions or comments about any of the content, then feel free to reach out to us. Go ahead. Tell us we're wrong, please. We want it. The Language Game is recorded and produced by original content creators Timothy Chartier and Scott Brady at Home With Love. We'd like to give a special thanks to our dear friends Ryan, Cody, James, and Max who helped us with the soundtrack. And also to our friends and family who've encouraged us to the creation of this podcast. Thanks. And quantum mechanics is very weird. <laughs>